podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. It's the bluest room in town. Yeah, the guys a bet is a bet <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe this is happening but i am a man of my word so here we go <sighs> just so you know this is what it looks like out here <laughs> oh man here we go can't believe i'm doing this the neighbors are and call the police if they see me. All right, guys, here we go. Oh, this is deep. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Come on, you blues. Welcome to the Blue Room. Uh, we are here for the weekly show after a wonderful week for the Toffees. If you listen to the podcast, the audio you've just heard then on the way in was the audio of Rob Vera going for a swim in the snow outside his house, which he promised me and you last week, Sarah, on the show that he would do if Everton won the Merseyside derby. Uh, we've not put the video out yet, but me, me and you have seen it. Um, it's quite a sight, isn't it? Oh, what a, what a wonderful sight. I never thought I would be wanting to see Rob Vera swimming through the snow in Oklahoma. But as he said, he's a man of his word. The Toffees went to Anfield and got the three points and he got down to his kegs and got in the snow. So, you know, big love to Rob Vera for that and uh, the things we do for this club, eh? <laughs> yeah, I love the way Dave on the post-match reaction, he actually tried to take credit for the derby win because he'd made that promise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um... It, it, it's one of those things you say because you know for a fact or you normally know for a fact or you're normally 99.9% certain it will never happen and um, yeah he's been he's been left eating some humble pie but it sounds like he's been true to his words so um, we we await the outcome and uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll judge him accordingly yeah. I mean when you say swimming in the snow what, what's can you give us a visual well, description well he made it clear that it'd been minus 25 on it in Oklahoma before, last week because of the, the snowstorm they were having and a lot of the electrics were down and stuff like that and on the video he actually does a little shot of the snow in his garden and he just lies down on his back and holds the phone sort of to the side I'll, I'll have to send you after this we'll put it we'll put it on Twitter he's doing some sort of snow angels as well isn't he he's like whoa of the blues <laughs> <laughs> uh, I could tell by Paddy Boylan's face that he's really gutted he's not seen this video yet I'm a bit nonplussed by it all, to be honest, Matt. But it, it does sound it does sound interesting, knowing uh, knowing Rob as a dude. The main the main thing is people are free to celebrate however they want, as we as we know. So I mean that that's a that's a bizarre way to do it. Some of us just went straight to the whiskey bottle, but um, <laughs> each to their own. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, well, according to, to our lovable neighbours across the park, you've got to put a check on these celebrations at some point, haven't you? We can't keep celebrating the Merseyside derby win after 22 years at Anfield. But uh, we joke, of course, but we'll get into that game a little bit later. We'll, of course, speak about the stadium news that came on Tuesday as well. And Sarah, just before we came on, half an hour before we were setting up, I was thinking, talking about the derby win again, not bothered, the stadium again, I'm not bothered. But the club announced that Luca Dean signed a, a new long-term contract and it just continues this mad positive Everton fever dream we've been having this week. Oh, what what a great week to be blue. You know, as you said, a derby at Anfield win. Haven't had one for 22 years. The grief and the amount of sort of <clears throat> stick and comments we've had from, as you said, our neighbours over the park over the past few years, talking about Bramley Moor Dock, having people turning up there, going, ah, I can't see anything in this imaginary stadium. And, you know, you just kind of have to go right we'll wait and see won't we and so to finally get um you know that officially confirmed approved by the Liverpool City Council is massive and then the best left left back in Europe (laughs) certainly the best in the Premier League uh Luca Dean pens a new deal till 2025 it's just it's just going from strength to strength this week I'm yeah just just concerned about when when the good news stops coming but no absolutely what a great time to be an Evertonian Three massive things this week. Um, and yeah, just loving every second of it. Yeah. Uh, Dave, I'll come to you next and we'll stick with the, the Luca Dean news. I think it's something that we've known has been in the, the pipeline for a while. And I'm surprised he didn't keep it until after the, the Southampton, inevitable Southampton lost to announce it to make us all feel a little bit better about things. Like they did, of course, with that council meeting and Bramley Moore after, after Fulham, <laughs> which, which, which Paddy knows all about, of course. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, mate, I know um, left-back's not the most glamorous position, isn't it? But... If you, if you look at this, you know, the, the ball facts of this, this is Everton tying down, like Sarah said, one of the, the best in Europe in his position. And certainly, you know, in a lot of people's eyes, certainly a lot of Evertonians' eyes, the, the best in his position in the Premier League. Well, it never used to be the most glamorous of positions, did it? But it is these days because you get players wanting to excel in that area, much to the point that they're probably the most integral part of, of many sides if you can get top class ones like we've got. Um, you only have to look at our opponents who we've just beaten at Anfield for, for that. Um, their full-back partnership, probably huge contributing factor to the success they've had over the past few years. And I think we've been really fortunate, haven't we, for the last, what, in excess of a decade with Baines and Coleman and now obviously Seamus in the twilight of his career, looking at somebody else possibly coming through on that side. Um, but with Luca Dean, it looks like they've shored up that side for the considerable future. Um and you're right, the, the, the good news just keeps on coming. I tweeted earlier in jest, of course, that it'll make you not even want to think about and Danny Ing slots home on Monday and he finishes 1-0 to the Saints. Um, but look, these, these are things that are different, aren't they? These are secured in our future. Um, the, the last few days, the, the Derby win was for all of us um, and we continue to celebrate it. I mean, I haven't, I haven't stopped smiling. I haven't stopped watching it. Uh, I've watched the all-angle view that Everton have put out. I've watched the Sky Sports Plus thing that they've put out where it's just the, just the, uh, the, the the raw noise from Anfield and the players shouting at each other and things like that. Try to get as much content as I possibly can and consume it and sit there and enjoy it as much as I can. Uh, but these steps we've seen over the last couple of days, Luca Dean now uh, more, more foremostly than the, uh, the stadium announcement yesterday, these are all secured in future um, positivity and, and future hopefully success and um, he's the cherry on top of the icing on the cake isn't he um, because it, 
from a consistency point of view, I don't think there's many better than him. Um, and, and I don't think we could get any better than him either. So I think it's a perfect combination. It, it, they, they suit each other like hand in glove. Look at Ian and Everton right now. And um, look, it's, it's great to know, isn't it? I think the first thing you look at when you see long-term deals now is he's going to be playing football in Bramley Moore, isn't he? Which, is, which makes it a little bit more realistic to me. Because I was looking through our archives when the stadium stuff come out, and I remember interviewing Joe Anderson the day they, they acquired the land uh, down at Peel, and that was in that was almost four years to the day. I think it was the twenty third of March, twenty seventeen, and he was talking about the stadium a year later being built already within the space of two years, and that we'd be in here by an hour, as it is. When you think back, I mean that was extremely optimistic from uh, <laughs> from Mister Anderson at the time, but you look at it now. And it's it's within touching distance, isn't it? You know, this year we'll see something of it. Something will be there for us to look at, uh, not just a cone or not just a Liverpool fan doing a video in the wrong location. By the way, <laughs> that, that, that was the point I was going to make. I mean, you know, there'll be no more of that. I think there will be because if they continue to go to the wrong piece of land, they'll continue to still film a cone <laughs> while a stadium's being built like hundred yards further up the road. But a wonderful week and. Look, we haven't really discussed the context of that victory against Liverpool. We haven't discussed the context of what it means to our season. But I tell you what, you look, we've got Southampton and West Brom coming up before a really tough trip to Chelsea. Everton to a couple of points off the top four. Um, goal difference behind Liverpool. There's plenty to play for in this season. So as optimistic as it's been, it's been that reason because of things in the future. But this season, Everton have still got plenty to be positive about as well. I think one of the reasons we, we can be positive, Paddy, just sort of to get your thoughts on Dean as well, is that he, he's back in the team and looking fully fit again now. And obviously he's played left midfield times this season, left wing back, left back, and he's had his injury issues. But I think last season was a, a bit of a weird one for him, wasn't it? He was injured. I think he was rushed back a couple of times. And there was some tentative talk about his future towards the end of last season and, and whether he was completely content or not. But this season, when he's been on the pitch, he's he's been top class and I know Ben Godfrey did well when he came in at left back and really helped cement himself as a, as a first team player there but Everton are just an, an all round better, more balanced side and more attacking threatening side when he's in the team aren't they? Well I thought he was good last season by the way, I thought, I thought he was very good, um, right up there in terms of creativity with any full back and certainly left back in the league so um, yeah I think we need to make that point pretty clear um, this season, it feels like he's he's doing even more potentially. Um, kind of his assists per per ninety skyrocketed, um, and I just think the way Everton are playing at the moment, where it's kind of Hammers with a quick switch out to one of the fullbacks for across the Calvert Lewin in the six yard box, I think that just seems to suit Dean down to the ground because the quick switch just gives him so much space and time to concentrate on what he's good at, which is getting crosses into that area and. He's excelled, like like you say, Everton are a much better team when he's when he's there and he's around. We saw when he was out of the side, Everton had to effectively completely shift in terms of style. They went from kind of a front foot attacking unit as they were in the opening months of the season to something that was altogether more pragmatic and more defensive. That's what happens when you're missing players like Luca Dean and, and James Rodriguez. Um, so the fact they've got Dean now, the fact they've got Ben Godfrey, Mason Holgate, it means that you there are kind of multiple ways you can skin the cat now. And I think that's the most important thing. Everton need to be um, be able to 
kind of they need to be versatile they need to be able to attack in multiple different ways and that's what it gives them it's it's, it's a fantastic piece of news it really really is in what has been a fantastic week um and it, it almost makes you a little bit dizzy doesn't it you wonder when kind of when the apocalypse is about to happen but let's <laughs> let's just enjoy that for now yeah, absolutely. And just one, one other thing on this, uh, potentially as well. You know, he's, he's going to be here for the next four years. Um, you know, Seamus Coleman's doing well at the moment, but he's getting a little bit older. And Gilfie Sigerson's contract's up at the end of next season. I'm not entirely sure what's going to be going on with him. Yeah, uh, Luca Dean's wore the, the captain's armband a few times, hasn't he, uh, under Carlo Angelotti. Is that a role you'd like to see him in more often? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, he, he, he's got what it takes to be a captain. Often you like seeing captains in the heart of your midfield and you know and stuff like that but I think what he brings um his experience and actually he's kind of at the right age I think to be able to be wearing that band you could see him wearing that uh going into Bramley Moor dock he gets the club he's been here now for going on three years he is so influential to the way we play uh the amount he assists us in terms of goals, getting forward and is, is you know, draws more attention really than what he does as a defender. Um, and he's someone that I can definitely see wearing that armband. You know, we've, we've got a, a pretty, uh, it's um, one of the lads referred to it before, you know, over a decade, we have really been pretty blessed in terms of having, you know, strong Leighton Baines, look at him and, and then Luca Dean and, and what Leighton Baines does, did as a captain. And although they are different types of characters as well, um, I, I can very much see Luca Dean as a captain armband with the captain armband. I'd I'd, I'd welcome that, and uh, it's not not a bad thing to picture, is it? That beautiful stadium on the docks, <laughs> Luca Dean walking out with the toffees in the Champions League, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it will be it will be class. I think, I think the, the thing for me about the the captaincy day potentially is that it's not you know he's not your stereotypical you know beating chess, flying into tackles, all that kind of thing. But it's it's what you said before in regards to consistency. And just having someone in the team who everyone can look to and go, look at the levels that lad sets every week. You know, he doesn't drop below a seven ever really, but every now and then he throws in an eight or nine out of ten performance as well. And I think that I think they're the sort of players that certainly Carlo Angelotti seems to to quite like having around the club and, and having it, you know, in his, you know, I don't know if Everton used this phrase or not, but a lot of football clubs do now that the leadership group that they've got. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to think that that's the way it is, to be honest, because I think. We need we need more players who lead by example than we do players who bark and shout. Um, I think that's a better way of captaincy. It worked under Jagielka, didn't it? For such a long time, he wasn't exactly the most vocal of, of captains. Um, I'm probably the wrong person to ask in terms of what the captaincy means these days, Matt, because I don't think it means very much, certainly not to me. But that's, that's probably because of the way it's gone in the last few years. And I don't feel like it's had the impetus it probably should do at a football club. Maybe, maybe it's a modern-day thing where it doesn't really mean what it used to when you think about the great leaders that we've had in our past. Kevin Ratcliffe's one. You can see him now. He still talks like a captain when you speak to him. Um, but it'd be nice for it to be reclaimed in many ways for us to actually have somebody in charge of that role in the club who could actually, you know, is, is qualified to do that job, really, to lead by example. And and you certainly couldn't pick any anybody better, could you, than, than Luca Dean? Um, I think as, as well, David. It's really yeah. just been a while since one of our best you know, free plays as are they? Or you know, in the that, team. That's exactly what I'm talking about. That, that's why. That's what I mean. In terms, it's probably being a, a bit devalued. Sigurdsson having it means nothing to me. Um, you know, maybe when Davis has it, it doesn't really mean much to me in terms of has he earned it? No, he's been given it because of several things that don't really have much to do with how good he performs. 
for the club, but giving it to Luca Dean's giving it to somebody who does perform. It's giving it to somebody who holds them standards. And exactly like you just said there, I think you're giving it to somebody who you can look to and everyone who comes on the pitch can look to and say, well, if I'm just below him in, in, in player ratings or whatever it is, or if I can be better than this guy, then I've done my job because he's the one who sets the standards at the football club. So more than happy for them to have it. Um, and I'm more than happy for that to be the attitude amongst the players that they have to excel enough to be able to say they've earned the right to be on his team. Uh, captain should mean captain, shouldn't it? And for too long, I think, in, and, and I think this is more of a, a, a statement on what the wider footballing fraternity really in terms of captains. I don't think we see those figureheads anymore these days. I, I think it's more of a modern thing to look to somebody who does wear it and performs and that's why they've got it rather than they're the biggest shouter in the team because that doesn't always make you the best player does it at bakers we work with local farms right in our own backyard to bring you food that's fresher than fresh from homegrown watermelon that makes your mouth water to crisp corn picked right around the corner come pick out some yourself because shopping for local produce should be as easy as shopping at your local bakers bakers fresh for everyone when you're a Boost member, you get free delivery, double fuel points, and lots more. Sign up at bakersplus.com slash boost. Yeah, I think that's absolutely fair enough. Uh, yeah, but great news on Luca Dean. Made up, he's going to be here for the foreseeable future. Uh, we'll, we'll just speak about the stadium a little bit because I'm sure everyone's desperate to go through that game on Saturday again. But uh, on Tuesday, Paddy, as we all knew was going to happen, Liverpool City Council converged on for the, the Bramley Moor Dock special uh, emergency committee, if you will. Uh, the club put forward the plans. They answered all sorts of questions, uh, most uh, enjoyably about the bats and where are the bats going to live after the, the hydraulic tower is refurbished. You know, where are they all going to go? And they even had an answer for that. Um, and listen, I think I don't think anyone really anticipated there'd be any issues with this getting through the council and approved and, and sent to the Secretary of State. But Again, it was just another emphatic reminder that the, the homework and the due diligence and the, the scope of Everton's research going into this, that even when they were asked all these questions, even when they were asked about where the bat's going to live, they, they, they had an answer for it. Yeah, well, you, you need to have an answer for everything, don't you? I mean, the range of topics discussed during that meeting, it was transport, it was kind of ecology, it was um, biology, all these different kinds of things all cropped up. And like you say, Everton needs to have an answer for all of them. They did. Um, that's a testament to the research, the hard yards that have been put in. I thought it was a really professional presentation. I, I kind of painstakingly watched it all, um, being the, the slight nerd that I am, and um, did actually enjoy it in the main, bizarrely. Um, but you could, you could see the work that had been put in. Um, and I think the other thing to mention is that I think Everton have played this quite well throughout. So they knew that there was going to be an objection, more or less regardless of what they did. Um, from heritage bodies, particularly historic England. And kind of during the consultation process, obviously worked quite meticulously, sat down with them on multiple occasions, took their feedback and factored it into kind of amended stadium plans. And they got all the way along the line and then historic England did what everybody was expecting them to do, which was to um, object anyway. So politically, I think that was quite a strong move from Everton. They consulted everybody in the city, so not only Everton supporters, but I think it was important that this was projected not just as something for Everton Football Club. I think to get it through, you needed to project it as something that was going to work for the city. 
and be a real driver for regeneration and change and progress. They've obviously made those arguments successfully. They got a unanimous verdict from the um, special council committee. Um, and again, testament to, to the work that's being done. So I don't, I don't think it was a surprise. Um, obviously, a week earlier, we'd heard from the planning officer who'd recommended that it be approved. Um, nor was it a surprise that it goes automatically to the um, to the Secretary of State, Robert Jenrick. That's something that I think we in the media have been banging on about for quite a while. It does not mean it's being called in, um, although obviously he could decide to do that if he wanted. Um, I think it's unlikely, but I think he could obviously choose to do that if he wanted. So, yeah, another really promising step for Everton. Another sign, I think, that they're getting things in place away from the pitch um, to get something like this over the line, at least at a local level, it shows that you've got people making smart decisions and working strategically. Um, so credit, obviously, to people like Denise Barrett-Baxendale and, and various others who, who worked on this. Yeah, I think Sarah as well, you know, Paddy's right in regards to the, the Secretary of State and this doesn't mean it's going to be called in. It could still get called in, as as you said there. Um, but the fact that this has been given a unanimous vote by the council, the fact that in the closing statements, uh, forgive me, I can't remember the, the councillor's name yesterday, Paddy, who made a, a really impassioned speech at the end of the, the whole presentation, saying how... Um, yeah, yeah, saying how, how how great this was going to be for the city. I mean, that, that can only help matter, Sarah Carnot, that this is going in front of central government with a big, massive stamp of approval from pretty much everyone who matters at a council level in this city. Yeah, it, it's fantastic, as you said, for it to be unanimous. Um, and, you know, getting to what Paddy just said there, it's absolutely spot on. This isn't just about Everton Football Club. This is about Liverpool as a city. And not only, you know, the city centre and the amount of jobs it's going to regenerate and stuff, but also the legacy plans for Goodison Park and for regenerating North Liverpool, you know, an area where it's massively needed. This can only be a good thing for the city. You know, it, it's fantastic. It really is. And in times like the past 12 months where the world has just thrown so many curveballs at us all, things that we never saw coming and, I think it's really welcome positive news that we can look forward to over the next few years. The city of Liverpool really thriving, North Liverpool thriving, L4. Um, and, and yeah, it, 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 like you said, though, for so many, for it to be unanimous and everyone go, yeah, this is a great thing for Liverpool. This is a, this is a good move all round. Um, and I think, yeah, it can only be good. You're always going to have some people that can't see past the football and, you know, want to shut it down or whatever. But I think most people, red, blue, whatever, you know, it is a, it's a good thing for the city. And ultimately, that's what we want, isn't it? People that live in the city, we want to see this 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 city thrive. And yeah, it's just brilliant. I'm, I'm absolutely over the moon about it. Like you said, we thought it was going to happen, but there's still always this little thing in your gut, isn't there? Of And like you said, it still could go wrong, but I think it's, it's all looking very, very promising. And like Paddy just said as well, you've got to, credit the football club the fact that we've been able to to get it to this stage and and get it done properly how many times in the past have we seen things projects Kirby etc and you look at it now and think thank goodness that that didn't happen because you look at what we've what we've got now and it's amazing but um yeah it's just it's just great news for everybody I was going to say while Sid is on that point about giving praise to the football club there's so many individuals that need congratulating that won't be with all of this, and you think back to a time when the club was basically at a civil war point, um, 
mid two thousands when that mooted move to Kirby was all about. And you think about the fan response to that, the fan uh, rejection of that. There are a few people and a few groups who will fall by the wayside in all of this in the congratulating of Farhad Mashiri and, and the other new people we have on the club since those dark days when we looked like we were going to move out of our city to go and build a new stadium. Like to Dave Kelly, who we speak to a lot, he was a figurehead. He was at the point of all of that. Um, you know, you think of, of the Blue Union, you think of Keep Everton in our city, there were the, the People's Group, everything, the format, all, all of the groups that came together to oppose this need a massive pat on the back. And they're a big part of our history in this move because had they stood and let this happen, had the vote not been as close as it was at the time, because if you remember, there was just over a majority, just over 50%, apparently, according to the club at the time, and this was controversial too, wasn't it, um, voted for this to happen and for us to go to Kirby. There were a very you know, large group of disgruntled supporters thinking, I don't know if that would be the case, really, if you did the straw poll amongst the people that voted, that it would actually be in favour of doing this. Um, some obviously some wild accusations and, and ones that have been misconstrued and ones that were unfair were thrown about as well. It wasn't always conducted in the way in which you would like to see something like that. But there's a lot of people, a lot of people sitting there now feeling vindicated by this and that Everton did this. Um, I won't go over the ground of the sort of, you know, arguments that took place amongst people, figures at the club who are still there now. Uh, and and those fans because I think it's a it's a time for us to celebrate collectively that we've got our stadium on on the banks of the Royal Blue Mersey. But there's a lot more people that need congratulating other than those at the club, and and, and I just hope others remember that in in the lineage that is Everton moving from Goodison to their third stadium that we've built in this city because they deserve a hell of a lot of credit. Yeah, I think that, that's absolutely right, mate. And, and those people, some of them might be listening, know who they are in that sense and, and what a role they played in all this. So. Fantastic stuff. And we just had one question in, actually. I don't know if you'll be able to, to answer this, Paddy. You obviously watching on yesterday. Uh, it's from uh, Ajamu uh, Mutun West. Probably butchered the pronunciation there, mate. Saying, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you guys feel as though uh, feel that UNESCO will frighten the government into delaying the project? Uh, any indication of that, Paddy, or not? Well, did they frighten Liverpool City Council into saying no to the project? I, I, I don't know. I don't know whether that holds more sway nationally as opposed to locally. Um, I think this is all about, I think, and as was kind of the case in the meeting on um, on Tuesday, whether the benefits for the city outweigh filling in a, a piece of dock and a piece of dockland that was disused and semi-derelict as far as I'm concerned in a part of the city that's crumbling. Um Obviously, the local council have made a decision on that. And um, now it goes to the, the Secretary of State to have a quick look. What he said so far, both him and his, his office, he's, what, what's come back so far, um, what they've said over other projects is that um, they prefer to allow the local decision to stand and they want to devolve more power to the regions rather than less. So, again, it would be a surprise if they changed tack on this um, I don't believe it's necessarily just about UNESCO. I don't believe it's necessarily just about historic England. It's everything pro and everything against. And when you weigh them up, what, what matters more? Um, locally, a decision's been made. And I think that that counts an awful lot here. And I also think the fact that it's unanimous um, means an awful lot too. That, that's very significant. So 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know about UNESCO, but I, I, I think Everton should be and are confident at this moment in time. Yeah, we've had just a few other comments. Uh, Pete Dow saying it's always easy to have a go with the board, etc. But Denise and the team really do need our congratulations and appreciation for the work they've put in. Um, we've also had uh, this one from Ian Clark saying the Tories will be falling over themselves to give us the green light. I hope so, mate. Uh, and David Snook saying the only way to properly end our stay at the Grand Old Lady is to win the league in our final season there. Uh, that would be nice one there uh, in that regard. Um, but yeah, let's, do you know what? I've always thought about you know doing the, the post-Anfield derby weekly. And if someone had said to me that you'll be half an hour into the show before you even, even mentioned the football match, then I wouldn't quite believe them. But there's been so much going on this week. Uh, but yeah, Sarah Everton did win at Anfield on Saturday, 2-0. Um, me, Dave, Mark and Rob did a pretty euphoric post-match, which ended up with us all singing at the end. Um, after it's David, a useless one, really, Matt, wasn't it? After David, after <laughs> yeah, David no tactical knowledge or anything like that. Yeah, after, after, after Dave eventually got the um, the music working, we, we sung out with Spirit of the Blues. Paddy's shaking his head, as if he wasn't watching along singing as well. I Come just on. loved the, um, the acceptance speech from Dave, where he kind of listed every single person that had helped Everton win the win the derby. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> it brought a it brought a tear to my eyes. You can imagine that that that, that was real tears, mate, because you weren't mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't um, help Everton win the derby. Let's be honest. <laughs> but just 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 away from the match it, itself, sir. I mean, how 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 do you feel a few days on from it all? Have you still got that? That euphoria, you still, you still like Dave, where you're watching it all the time and thinking back to it all the time. And you know, I think it's, I think we're still at the point now where each day you see like a new video or a, or a new photo or you read something different, and you still get that that sense of oh my god, this actually happened. Oh yeah, I'm exactly like Dave. I've watched match of the day over. I've watched the full match back again because it's so lovely to watch when you know what's going to happen. Because I think for that whole two hours pretty much it, up until Gilfie slotted the pen in I sort of accepted then I have to shake the fact of this fear that yeah. we're going to bottle it and think no we, we've done it now and, and I was celebrating I was running up and down my landing on Goodison Road but I, but I don't know what I was doing banging on walls <laughs> it, you know and you can get them whinging and crying and saying oh look at the state of them celebrating like that the, do we forget about Klopp running on the pitch doing slideys and swinging his jaw a few years ago with the, you know, and and also I just think if you can't celebrate your team winning a derby in any context, let alone the fact we haven't won at that ground for 22 years, then there's something massively wrong with football. Imagine if we just sit there and go, sound that three points onto the next one. No, you've got to enjoy yourself. You've got to celebrate it for every single text comment remark we've had for years and years and years off them if we're not going to enjoy our time where we go and 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 do them in their own backyard then what's the point I absolutely loved it I'm still enjoying it now and I almost don't want the Southampton game to come because I (laughs) I just want to keep milking off it for as long as possible like Dave I'm just consuming all the content that I possibly can but I think the fact that we deserve the win as well and as I said that you know even when it was one nil when when the penalty went in I, I was giving it loads, but even at 1-0, um, maybe not as soon as he scored, because yeah, it was after like two minutes, but even though they created stuff, they just felt this weird sort of assuredness about the team, and I think that's that's credit to Carlo and the way we set up, and it's credit to the way we defended, how everybody fought for the team. There's so many factors that go into it, but yeah, 
absolutely I'm still enjoying it, Matt. And I, am pl- I plan to until uh, until Monday at the very least. Yeah, it's been great having the Monday night game afterwards, isn't it? It just gives us that extra few days of, of relaxing. But you know what, Dave? I think Sarah makes an interesting point there about the, the celebrations and, and that kind of stuff. Because I don't, I don't know if any of you have seen the interview Mason Holgate and Ben Godfrey did with Rio Ferdinand um, on that channel. But it was something that, that Holgate brought up and said, effectively, you know, what Klopp did a few years ago. Listen, I didn't have a problem with what he did at all. You know, you score a last-minute derby winner, you run on the pitch and you celebrate. That, that, that's absolutely fine. People lose their heads in those situations. But, you know, if you're a player on the opposite side, you know, it's, it's something that's going to stick in your mind, isn't it? And if, you're probably going to think one day when we come here and win, we're going to give it loads. And I think in fairness to Everton's players, on the pitch afterwards, it wasn't mayhem. They weren't legging it round and, you know, in tears and, cr- and on the floor and all that sort of stuff. It was only after they got back into the dressing room afterwards when I think it was it Niels and Kunku got his phone out to start sharing all the celebrations. So it wasn't like they were publicly rubbing everyone's face in it, but even if they were, he was asked. Oh, well, that's it. I wanted them to. I, I have a slightly different opinion and said it on, on, on Liverpool fans talking about us over-celebrating. I've lived off it. I feel like a vampire that I've suckled it all in. I absolutely love it. I love it because it shows within the heads. It shows the thinking about us all the time. And I absolutely love it. I wanted to carry on. I want them to carry on moaning about Jordan Pickford in the first derby. I want them to talk about Richarlison putting the best midfield player in history out for a few months that's been absolutely useless since he come back. I want all of it. I want them to carry it on. I want them to laugh at us if Danny Ings scores and we get beat on Monday because this won't be ever taken away from us now because it's been such a long, long time that I've, I've transcended being bothered about what anybody else thinks, even even down to fellow Evertonians. Some of them were in our comments the other day saying, oh, it means nothing unless we beat Southampton. Yes, it does. It means everything. It means absolutely everything because, I, like I said on the podcast the other day, we don't get these moments we exist as a podcast, as a platform. We exist for those moments, but we've never had them. And that's one that we've had, just one. Well, since the, when did you set the Blue Room up, Dave? 2012? There's been yeah. no Derby wins in that time. This exactly. is the first time anyone who's ever been on the Blue Room was able to do a podcast yeah. about us beating Liverpool in a football match. Well, I, I love as well that, that other people don't understand it. They don't understand this feeling. I'm still struggling to comprehend that we won that game. Like every every... Like Sarah said, you're waiting to wake up and feel that that didn't really happen. And and I don't care if people are shaking their heads or even laughing in, in, in jest at what I'm saying. I'm being completely serious. Anytime I see someone who I haven't seen since before last Saturday, hey. like, oh, you must be on cloud nine. And I'm like, yeah, but I can't explain to you how good it feels because it doesn't feel real. Every time I watch it, I'm expecting something different to happen. Every time I talk about it, I'm expecting someone to say, what are you talking about? Did you think you won that game? I love talking about the penalty. Neil Meller, good friend of mine, former Liverpool player, I spent ages the other day talking to him on Instagram about how it was a penalty for Trent. And then at the end of it, he's arguing and all the Reds are piling on me saying, it's not a pen, you're just being biased. In the end of it, I don't care because we were the one one nil anyway. It's the fairest derby game you'll ever see in your life because we deserve to win the match. We didn't nick it. We won it comfortably. And I've loved the first thing they all start with when they reply is, I know, I know what they deserve to win it, but <laughs> that hurts. That seriously stings because the only thing you've got to talk about is whether Trent Alexander Arnold was clobbered in the head. But the only and thing we should be talking about with that is whether the, the only thing we should be talking about with that, Dave, is whether he should have been sent off or not. Yeah. That's the only thing yeah. that should be yeah, a debate on that. Off and, and if you if you watch um, 
I think Dermot Gallagher on the ref watch on Monday on Sky was with Stephen Warnock and he said, well, if it's a pen, then surely he has to give the red card. And Dermot Gallagher made no sense at all in saying maybe the referee's just giving him a little bit of sympathy because he gave the pen away. <laughs> We've been had up ourselves and they're still claiming that, that it shouldn't have been a pen. It's as blatant as it gets because he's stopping Dominic Carver-Lewin from tapping the ball in. I don't care if it's intentional or not. That's not in the rules. Um, Paddy, even someone as, as cynical and grouchy as you, you must have not been found it hard to wipe the smile off your face the last few oh, days. Oh, here we go. Listen, before he even starts, it'll be his, it'll be his professional Mister Athletic take. I would, I would love, I would love. In fact, I'll do this when we get back to normal times. I'm gonna go out, get him drunk, and make him make him say stuff he used to say before he become a professional. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he means. Uh, of course, you know. What do you mean? No, it was it was great. It's great, fantastic. Um, just on the point of celebrations, remember tweeting after the the win at Wolves when I think one of their local reporters effectively yeah, like played down and poo pooed the fact that Everton was celebrating after the game. Yeah, remember thinking, why would you not celebrate? We're in the middle of a pandemic. You take joy wherever it comes, and Everton have just gone away and won another game to kind of continue to put themselves in the mix for, for the top four. Why would you not celebrate in that situation? I, I fully condone people legging it round the pitch, being delighted with each other. I mean, for, for that evening alone, that's what they're entitled to do, as long as they're professional in training the, 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 the week after and the days after. So when you amplify that and you put in the emotion of a Merseyside derby and the emotion that comes with a barren run at Anfield ending, I mean, they're, they're entirely within their rights to celebrate as our as our Evertonians. So um, I, d- I don't want to get too bogged down with um, double standards. Get and... bogged down, Paddy. No, don't. don't, don't, don't just, just, get just, in the just, bog. Come on. Just one, one thing I wanted to mention to you, Paddy, as well, is, you know, you, you and Greg did a... It is an amazing, amazing piece about the, the derby and the 24 hours leading up to it. And I think as well, one of the things that was really interesting was the, the fire alarm story and how, how some of the lads in the squad felt as though the... Uh, maybe a mischievous red had been setting set a fire arm all off at the, the, the Titanic to keep them up at one o'clock. And maybe there's a bit of needle in the celebrations because of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we, we, we obviously have to be very careful with what we uh, what we wrote there because I don't think you can make unfounded accusations. What you, what you can say is that the fire alarm went off very early in the morning, the day of the derby in Everton's hotel. And that some of the players then put extra on the celebration, didn't they? So, um, and, and kind of enjoyed it uh, even more. So, I know, I I know Dave... Sorry to, sorry to interrupt you again quickly, but one, point, one more point I wanted to make on that. It's just, I think you said Ben Godfrey was particularly unhappy with it. Uh, I just love the image of him just stomping around the Titanic Hotel in his pyjamas, looking for anyone to kick off at, going, why is, it, why is this fire alarm going off at this time? We've got a Merseyside derby tomorrow. What's going on? I don't know why, but I've got an image of him in like a, a, a dressing gown and like really kind of suave slippers. I don't, I don't yeah, know what yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it is. Are, let's be honest. Um, but um, but no, you can just I mean, be human all day long. You can just imagine him on the coach. Well, I would can't be. Wait to get I into these, I just can't wait to get into these. I would be. I, re- I remember waking up in my in my apartment block here. Somebody had set the fire alarm off at some ridiculous hour, and I remember just being absolutely furious. So, I mean, when 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 that happens the day of a derby, can you imagine what the players would be like? So, so yeah, obviously you can't say for certain on that, can you? But what you can say is that Everton players um, thought it was curious in in some cases, and that kind of took that out onto the pitch. Luca Dean on Twitter uh, shortly after the game, obviously with that. Um, 
quite cryptic um, image of the the lion with the with the blue eyes. Um, looked like it being possessed by something from Game of Thrones, but um, that's that's another matter. And um, they went out and got the job done. You go if you. If you're irate and you're incensed about something, go out and do something about it. And Everton, for once, have done that. So, uh, so credit to them. Um, I think it helps that you've got figures like Godfrey and, and Mason Holgate. And you, you kind of mentioned the interview there, Matt, that they did Rio Ferdinand. thought it was quite clear that those two lads are winners, that those two lads are the kind of guys that you want in your side, particularly for a derby, but in in most circumstances, that cheer, drive, determination, and will will to win. And I think you need a little bit of nastiness as well, as, as we saw with with Ben Godfrey, where he goes herring towards Jordan Shakiri in the second half at Anfield. That was that was his ball, and he was going <laughs> to win it. And he, he wanted to make sure that he put as much on the challenges as possible. And that's something obviously that that reputation has followed. Ben Godfrey around, very very clean tackle, but but obviously robust in the uh, in the extreme. So I think you need guys like that, and I think Everton are getting more of them. So it's no surprise to me that this Everton was more likely to win at, Ev- at Anfield than than past kind of iterations of Everton. He's a bit yeah. of you, Godfrey Paddy, isn't he? I'm not going to comment. Compl- high compliment to Paddy. You know, that, I, I, just, I just mean in his temperaments and 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 this well. Probably extends further than the football pitch the way I've seen Paddy in the past. Like, but <laughs> on a footy pitch, that's exactly what you do, isn't it? You love a bit of that. Uh, yeah, maybe you could say yeah to that one. Come on, I'm I'm I'm, I'm a nice guy on the football pitch. Naturally, <laughs> you put one of my testicles out for four weeks. <laughs> I was just gonna say, I remember Dave limping around the tower holding his crotch for about a month. <laughs> Contorted testicle, it was. <laughs> from the old Hammers Rodriguez there yeah, <laughs> how, yeah. how after all this good news this week are we sat here chatting about Dave's bollocks can't believe it yeah, <laughs> it still stings literally. <laughs> uh, just one other person I wanted to mention before we wrap up um, is is the manager Sarah you know I thought Jamie Carragher's analysis was great on Monday Night Footy to, to be fair to him uh, all, right for, all right for a cop out in that, that instance um, he's blue exa- isn't he Oh God, yeah. Well, it changes, doesn't it? Depending. They've on... all kicked off on him as well. Not again this weekend, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. perhaps he'll uh, he'll go back to the blue side. But um, it just just goes to show that we have got a a genuine tactical genius in charge, haven't we? And you know, I'm not. I don't think I was the only one of that team. I thought, oh my word, how is this going to be? Um, I think I was texting Paddy before the game saying this is not going to work at all. You know, I've got no confidence in this, and um, it, it all played out as well as it did. And you know, I think what. What we saw on Saturday and where we are in the league this season, it was just sort of a nice little cap on on where Carlo's taken this team this season. Especially when you think back to our to our last trip to Anfield and the dire straits the football club felt like it was in then. Yeah, he is. He is an absolute genius, and you know, again, you've got to credit the club that those you know over a year ago we went out and we got the very best. It starts at the top, doesn't it? And you know, I said on the the podcast last week before the derby that. When Everton have had stumbling blocks this season, i.e., you know, well, you can't really say the Man-, Man City game, like you said, that was a valiant defeat, if you like. <laughs> but the Fulham game at home, the Newcastle game, whenever we've had those, and you go on Twitter and you get some people going, oh, the best we can hope for is a mid-table finish. Nothing's really changed. No, this the difference is now when we do have those little moments, we come back with a win. It happens like 
we don't seem to go on a, a dire run for ages. It's a game or two and we're back. You know, we beat Leicester away this season. We've beat Spurs away this season. We've beat Liverpool away this season. We're in the quarterfinals of a, a cup. We went to Old Trafford. We're 2-0 down and managed to get a point. The mentality is just different. The, 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 I loved the interview with Klopp before the game where he's saying, have you seen the team? And he's giving it, oh, no, I haven't seen the team. It's quite smug and the rest of it. And he's saying, uh, what do you think, DCL, uh, Alan? And he's like, no, they're not in the team. And he's sort of laughing and like, oh, Carlo, that's Sly Fox kind of thing. And it's like, yeah, exact, exactly that. You know, none of us saw it coming. I didn't see that team. I thought at least Calvert-Lewin would be in there to start. I, I really did. And I was getting the texts through family members, friends going, oh, have you seen the team? And you just think, it's Carlo Ancelotti. Let's all try and be as calm as we can. Easier said than done on a derby day. And I felt sick for two hours. But it, even when they had the chances, even, you know, Pickford, again, Michael Keane, mm. superb, absolutely superb. But even when they had their chances, like I said before, there was, there was an assuredness about us and there always is a kind of assuredness about us. Don't get me wrong, we've still had games that we'd want to cross off and there's still things that need iron and out, players that probably need to, to move on and we'll, we'll see all that kind of change continue to come. But we have got one of the best football managers in the whole world and he's come in, his, his first proper season, he's already ended some horrible hoodoos that we've had. Like Dave said, we're within touching distance. I think Champions League's probably going to be just a bit too yeah. much of a push this season. But we still could qualify for the Champions League this season. And that's massive. And I'd be shocked if we weren't in Europe next season. I'd be very surprised if we weren't. That's massive. And so much of that is down to Carlo Ancelotti. Look at Tom Davis as well. Players like that. Keane yeah. Davis. You know, the, the, he's just... He's just a genius, and I just love him. I've got one of my weird questions to ask. Um, who are you? I'm you, from the future. What do you want? I want to tell you about Dave. Dave has your future money. Spend it on whatever you need. With extra cash from Dave, you can get up to 500 bucks instantly with no interest and no credit check. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly for terms and conditions. Go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Um, don't don't grimace, Paddy. It's a, it's above board. Don't worry, mate. <laughs> you won't have to get your, your legal contracts out and all that. Would you, would you swap Saturday's win over them for a win over Man City in the quarterfinals? Oh, oh! That, that might be one for the people in the comments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll do a, we'll do a poll on this, but I don't I don't know if it would. You know, I I, I, I find myself uh, quite I don't know. Do you know what I don't I don't think I don't think I don't think, I don't think I would because it's because if you get past City, you're not guaranteed to. You know, we've been in semi-finals in recent years, but getting that getting the Anfield and the Derby thing off our back finally. That's going to be as big a weight lifted off our shoulders, I think. Because let, let's be, you know, you play them twice a year, every season at least. So mm-hmm. that in itself is is a huge thing, I think. So it's tight, but I, but I probably wouldn't. Sarah, uh, we're going to do both. We're going to knock it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <the> right answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go on. We're going to win the cup as well. Top four. <laughs> nah, I, I, I think, I think that's it. Now we've got to look at the city game and go. Okay, they are absolutely bloody fantastic, and they're going to be very difficult to beat. But I'd rather, I think it might have been, it might have been you, Dave, who tweeted, I'd rather play them at Goodison than at Wembley, and it's right. 
Um, and you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to play City if you're gonna win the cup. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna sit on the fence and say we're gonna do both. So oh, no bother. I didn't know you were allowed to sit on the fence, Steve. Not being <laughs> a very Paddy, you know... Paddy doesn't sit on the fence. Go on. <laughs> no, I I don't think in isolation being in a semi final means anything really. There's, there's there's no trophy handed out. Um, if at the end of the season we look back on on this year and we say, oh well, we were beaten semi finalists. I don't actually think that matters one iota, really. Roberto Martinez managed that. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't like hyping this Merseyside derby win up beyond proportion. I don't think that's right. I think we should keep our... To an extent, we should, the team should keep their feet on the ground and, and look to continue with the goals for the, for the rest of the season. Um, but yeah, like I say, just beating City and just getting into a semi-final, I don't think is necessarily worth kind of swapping and substituting for what we had the other night. I, I, like, like Matt said, and I know he had this little this means more speech, um, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I um, did that before somewhere else. Yeah, sure, another team's got that as the motto. <laughs> what a lovely motto it is too. Um, <laughs> obviously, obviously means so much more than for any other side. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> But it's important. There he is, Dave. You've, you've drawn out the snide over the course of the show. We're nearly at the end, and he's he's he's, he's sh- shook off those athletic shackles, yeah, yeah. and he's getting stuck into them. It, it's it's looks like the type of looks like the type of man who cynically volleys other people in the crotch, doesn't he? All it all it took was you to compare it to Ben Godfrey, and the snide emerged. <laughs> it's just the, the later on in the day we go, and the further away from work hours, the the more grumpy I am. So we get to, uh... got a stress ball underneath the desk there, has he? <laughs> my face on it. Uh, uh, just on the comments to that question Dave everyone's saying no Uh, no we had to end that sequence at Anfield of of the wins to shut them up Peter Dowell's degree of math cheers mate this does mean more Uh, but I would be tempted if we were guaranteed to win the cup of the beating City John Falks, no, I'm enjoying beating the Reds. One swap it. Ian Clark, no, we've beaten this. Now we've beaten the Shire. We must have a better yeah. chance of beating City. Right, Jimmy Pat, no, yeah. So um, everyone agrees with me there, Dave. Um, but just, just one, 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 one more thing I wanted to mention. Um, just on Angelotti, uh, Dave, and then Paddy as well. Feel free to, to follow on. Is the um, one yellow card on Saturday, Dave? And I think. That was really interesting and a real reflection of the manager and his ability to keep these lads calm. When, let's be honest, the Guardian put on the back of their page on Saturday morning that it was going to be like a wrestling match in a Royal Rumble with, mm. you know, tribal patents and stuff like that and all sorts of the big headline, the rematch. And I think it would have been very easy for a lot of players to lose the cool in that situation. And the fact that Everton didn't, I think it was uh, Gomez the only player who, who got booked. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, you know, that was for more of a succession of fouls than, than you know, a really bad tackle at any point. So, um, I think that the fact the manager was able to to get those lads to keep the cool in that environment. Obviously, there's no supporters, so it's a bit different. But one yellow card in a Merseyside derby is, is rare for us, isn't it? Controlled aggression is what it was, Matt, and that's absolutely fine. If you're if you're willing to stay on the boundary and push it a little bit as far as you can then that's the right area to be in in the right frame of mind for the Merseyside derby. And you saw that typified by Ben Godfrey's tackle. He didn't have to go anywhere near his ear than secure. He did it. We all know he didn't, but he, he didn't he didn't foul him. He didn't injure him, but he made sure he got the ball and he made sure that nobody else was going to be within a yard of the ball when, when he took it cleanly. And that is the perfect mindset. You look at the way Pickford 
uh, conducted himself to. There was none of this geeing himself up nonsense. There was none of this slapping himself in the face and things like that. It was get the job done. In fact, I liked Pickford. It looked like a, a bit of a darker Jordan Pickford. It wasn't. There was none of the shenanigans. He made a few saves. He looked a bit rough. I like the long his, hair. With his stubble and his hair out of place and all that. I like that because it looked like a man who was there to prove people wrong. And I feel as if that's the attitude we've got when we're coming into these games now. That's why we've got this eight-game uh, undefeated streak away from home. That's why we need two more wins to uh, match our best ever as a football club away from home, is because they're approaching these games with the right attitude. Remember, I always used to say stuff like, you know, that arrogance is fine as long as you can back it up. And I think Everton are towing the line right now between arrogance and confidence. And that's coming through a lot of these players. Mason Holgate's probably a, a case in point for this. A few times in the last few weeks, particularly with the less results we've had, he's looked a little bit too cocky for my, for my money. Um, looked like he's had a bit of a swagger when he's going around the pitch and stuff like that. Do it on Saturday, you do it in the right environment. That's when you do it, Mason. And I think him, Michael Keane in particular, those players... And it's funny because he's one that suffers with confidence, isn't he? If you were to if you were to pick a player out of the Everton side who you thought his character might be a little bit one that needs a more tender touch, it'd be someone like Michael Keane. And I tell you what, he just proved everybody wrong, didn't he? He, he was physically up for the battle. And the other side of that is, you know, that piece in the Guardian labelling it the rematch, that would require the other set of players to actually come to the party if they fancy the scrap. <laughs> And none of them look like they did whatsoever to me. They all like they look like they wanted to be anywhere else, but on the pitch at Anfield. What a fall from grace for the mentality monsters. <laughs> Final word to you on that, Paddy. Uh, the right attitude. Yeah, and aside from the image of, of their manager, really. He, I mean, he's he's a calm, kind of pretty sedate fella, isn't he, really? And he's, he's, like off, he's like that off the pitch. He's like that in the in the dressing room, as far as we know. Uh, Duncan Ferguson will rally people and get people kind of up for the game. But I don't think they're going to go out, as they have done at times in the past, and, and be reckless and, and that kind of stuff. That's what happens when you've got Carlo Ancelotti. You're not trying to just bludgeon the opposition to death, but you also... I, I thought Everton won the tactical battle and probably why they won the game. And and that's what happens when you got a top class manager. The good yeah. cop, bad cop thing wasn't it? Him and him and Big Dunk when you watched them. It's like yeah, it's Dunk, funny, Dunk you can see Duncan Ferguson, like if anyone's seen it, me machine like the monk in goal. <laughs> he just wants to come out and decapitate people because he gets the red mist that descends. And it's like that when he celebrates next to Carlo, and Carlo's like, just 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 hold it, you know, give it five minutes, mate. Because he just wants to stand there and look so peaceful. And he's just, ah, he's just, he's just fantastic, isn't he? The cup of coffee guy and all that stuff. Um, it's just joke and cheese. I love watching the pair of them do their own sitcom, couldn't they? The old oh. couple. They could now just talk about Duncan Ferguson. <laughs> the pictures yeah. of Duncan Ferguson where he's just kissing everyone. Yeah, like those kids. Yeah, like there is yeah. kids. It's that picture, and he almost looks like he's got tears in his eyes, and he's got Mason, Tom, and Dominic Calvert Lewin, and I just thought. I just love that. Like you think of the journey we've been on on with this club, even God, we've been the, the, the three of us, you know, how many years combined we're looking at well over a hundred years of support in Everton football club. But, you know, even in, in recent years, the, the trials and tribulations that we've seen with, with Holgate, with Dominic, Calvert-Lewin, with Tom, Duncan, and it just, it just feels like everything's coming together. You've got Carlo, you've got Hammers, you've got all them, but you've also still got this core 
um, of sort of like Everton. And it's just boss. I love the blend. I, I love it all. Love Duncan Ferguson. It was great yeah. to see. It was great seeing Hammers getting involved in it all as well yeah. at the end. And, you know, I've been a bit amazing to see him on Call of Duty just shouting up the toffees on his Twitch stream <laughs> as well. You know, it's just, like I said, it's a weird Everton fever dream and we're all living in it and we all should embrace it. Uh, absolutely and magnificent. it all comes to an end on Monday. <laughs> no, it's not. We'll, we'll smash them. Yeah. On your bike, yeah. Danny Ings, lad. Yeah, we'll see you later. On your Romeo Hatter. <laughs> Right, we'll leave it there before Dave ruins the mood any further. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> thanks very much to Sarah, Dave and Paddy. Really enjoyed that. That's been your weekly show. If you want more from us, come and sign up to the Blue Room Extra. It's patreon.com slash the Blue Room Extra. And multiple Everton shows every single day. Uh, looking Michael Keane loves to... it as well, doesn't he, Matt? Michael Keane retweets us today. Yeah, he, he's, he's a subscriber, I think. Uh, loves Matt Cheatham's stats pack. That's his favourite show I've heard. Um, so get Last on for the discount on the uh, four pound a month. Ah, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll knock we'll knock a bit off for him after this performance on Saturday. <laughs> um, and also, of course, go and check people's uh, people's Paddy stuff over on the Athletic. <laughs> Paddy, when, when's the big quiz? Is that coming up on Friday? Yeah, we're, do, we're doing a quiz on Friday the twenty sixth, uh, raising money for Prostate Cancer UK. Um, got an amazing prize which hasn't yet been recorded as delivered. So um, uh, it's been sent to our office in in London uh, and I've not received confirmation of that yet. So I'm not going to say much more, but yeah, fantastic prize. Got other prizes as well. um, And obviously raising money for a really good cause. So um, yeah, um, I'll tweet out details of that during the week, no doubt. Do you host it, Paddy, yourself? I am, unfortunately, yeah. (laughs) Do you know what? I'm so proud of the lad. I feel like Big Dunk here put my arms around him. <laughs> he, couldn't, he, couldn't, he couldn't talk five years ago. Do you know what I, I mean? And now, honestly, now he's hosting I'm, host, I'm just not a well, host, but I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. And uh, yeah, it'll be good fun. It'll be really good fun. I've got, I'm going to uh, go get some beers in for that. So uh, it's, it's an actual Friday night as opposed to kind of lockdown Fridays. Yeah. Just just uh, slip us the answers and we can sort it out, I'm sure. If the prize isn't even with him, you'd rather lose, wouldn't you? <laughs> no, Paddy, Paddy's slightly mentioned to me what the prize might be, and it is amazing. So it's well worth getting involved in. But uh, yeah, go and do that. Sign up as well. Like I said, peace after the Derby and the Tom Davis the last few weeks. Absolutely amazing yeah. stuff over on the Athletic from Everton. So go and get involved in it. Uh, but yeah, that's it from us. Uh, we'll leave it there. That's been your weekly show. Enjoy it while you can. Keep smiling. Up the top. Northern Tool and Equipment isn't just a store, it's a problem solver's paradise. Fully stocked with the right professional grade tools and fully staffed with experts who have the right answers. Problem solved. Northern Tool and Equipment Summer Sale is on now. Stop in and save up to 50% on pressure washers, sprayers, generators, fans, lawn and garden equipment, and more. Hundreds of deals in store or at northerntool.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.